Welcome back. It's been too long. I've rebranded. It's time for a new season. Welcome to Johnny Ross Fractional CMO. On the show today, I'm talking to Sarah Noel Block, CEO at Tiny Marketing, situated just outside of Chicago. Today, we're looking into the benefits of outsourcing marketing, including how to find the most suitable supplier, what to do if you don't have a marketing team, and how to 10 times your content. Enjoy the show. Welcome. Uh, I'm Johnny Ross. We are live right now. We're live on LinkedIn. We're live on YouTube. We are live on Facebook. If you're listening on the podcast, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a great listener. Today, I have Sarah Noel Block with me. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Whereabouts in the world are you? I am right outside of Chicago in the boring burbs. Wow. And you are the Chief Executive Officer of Tiny Marketing, yes. uh, sarahnoelblock.com. Some of the fields that you work in, uh, you work with SaaS companies, you work with real estate. Just tell me a couple more that you work with. I know, I know it's quite yeah. varied, but just give me a flavor for some of the different uh, companies that you work with. Yes. So I do have some SaaS clients and I work with real estate facility management construction. My old corporate world life was in anything having to do with buildings, really. So construction, building materials, facility management, things people don't normally think of as sexy, but (laughs) they are. They are to someone. (laughs) You believe that no edits and I love you give uh, a level of serotonin uh, boost. Uh, (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) You're right. You're right. You saw my tweet. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing better than you've nailed a client so well that you don't get edits from them anymore. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree with you. <laughs> and I totally get it. Um, thanks for joining me uh, on the Johnny Ross Fractional CMO show. Um, and we're going to be talking about what's the biggest challenge small businesses have with outsourcing. Um, and um, what are the benefits of outsourcing? We're going to explore how to find the most suitable supplier, what to do if you don't have a marketing team, and how to really get the most out of your content. In fact, you, you'd label it as how to 10x your content. Yeah. Uh, so Sarah, what's the biggest challenge small businesses have with outsourcing marketing? I think that it's that they don't have any internal expert to rely on. So they're kind of going at it blind and they don't have a system in place to find the right marketing partner for them. So you got to really start with a specific project, a test project. So you can see how that person is a fit first before you bring them in full time. I think that's the biggest struggle. I'm getting hired by operations, which you know do not have their hand in marketing normally. Yeah. And in fact, we were just talking in the green room that you, that what you find with a lot of your clients is that marketing is one of the last hires. Uh, yeah. And so you, you have potentially a sales director or a, a COO or uh, you know a, ch- a chief executive officer who's who's focused on many aspects of the business but certainly not marketing wants yeah. to just sort of 
flick a switch and turn marketing on, but actually doesn't have a clue on how to buy it or what they're buying. Yeah, a lot of times those are exactly the people that are hiring me. They're sales, they're the CEOs, they're the COOs, and they don't have any experience in marketing, but they've been given that task by someone. I mean, with the CEO, it's like, okay, I got to do it. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. And they don't know where to turn. So they start looking, you know, they, they go to their BFF, Google, and start doing some searches to find the right person. They'll start with just trying to learn it themselves and then eventually finding someone who they can trust because they've provided them value through their educational content. And then and then they go on and have that discovery call to see if it works. But, you know, you don't always know with that initial project if they're going to be a right fit or not. So you can't just jump in and marry someone, you know, have like a full year contract. You need to start off with a test project, something small so you can really see if they're a good fit or not. Well, before we get on to how to find a suitable supplier and sort of the process of that, um, and then, you know, bearing in mind if you haven't got a marketing team and, and you know, to try and get the most out of this, I what I'd like to explore with you, what are the benefits, what do you believe are the benefits of outsourcing marketing and not trying to do it yourself and not not doing it internally? What are the benefits? You save a ton of time and money by outsourcing. If my husband makes fun of me because I'm like a systems and operations like nut. I'm constantly like, oh my God, that overhead. <laughs> Why would they hire someone full time for that? They're not at that place yet. I feel like fractional is the way to go for most small business. No, for all small businesses, start with fractional help because you aren't going to need the same amount of help all year long. So it's going to save you time and money because right now you're probably trying to figure out how to muddle your way through it. You're taking time that could be spent on client deliverables or product development and you're focusing on marketing and learning how to do it right and testing out something that might not work when you could pull in an expert who knows exactly what they're doing at a fraction of the price of a full-time person and just run and get to it. Yeah, I, I think you've described something really well there, which is around the demand in terms of how much work there is to do because it does go up and down initially there will be a lot mm -hmm. um, but actually um, you know as you've uh, developed uh, uh, processes and systems and 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 sort of you know maybe there's been a big content project that that needed doing it does go up and down and so there will be months where where you don't have a lot the a lot of, of yeah. need and if you've yeah if you've if you've invested heavily internally um and there's quite a bit of downtime i can see how uh being able to flex uh, uh up and down can be a, a huge benefit um, yeah. you're also, I guess you're also buying into, you, you, you mentioned it there, expertise. Um, so just talk to me more around, um, the sort of, uh, the, the, the benefits, what, what, what exactly, you know, why, why would you, someone like you be better than someone internally? Yeah. Let's talk about the typical first hire first, a typical first hire marketer in my experience, what I've seen is usually someone pretty entry level. 
someone who maybe has three years out of college and they're just getting their feet wet. They're just starting to get to know what to do. They're no expert. They can execute. They've, am I right? They've been hired because they're good on Instagram or TikTok. Yeah, probably something like that. <laughs> they have enough experience to get by, but they're not a strategist. They're not strategic yet, <laughs> but they certainly have the ability to get there. So I think it makes a lot of sense to, if you are going to go that direction, eventually start off with an expert marketing consultant who can build out your foundation, who can build out your marketing systems, and then you can bring in that person to start executing and maybe have them work coexist with that outside marketing consultant so they can be mentored by them. Because surely one of the benefits is that because you're working on multiple clients, you're seeing multiple strategies, you're you're trying, you're testing different things, you've got a, a lot more data, um, you've got access to a lot more more uh, yeah. people, and, and that must make a big difference. That's a huge difference, especially if you're working within a specific niche, because you're getting a lot of data that can help your other clients. You have better benchmarks available. You'll have better reporting because you have firsthand experience with these other companies that are doing the same thing. So that helps a lot. You know what works and you know what doesn't. You've got your own podcast as well, haven't you? Yeah, The Tiny Marketing Show. And it's available on all your favorite podcasting platforms? With that it is. Right? Of course it is. It's on every single one. And we talk about something similar to what we're talking about today, how to build effective and efficient marketing systems and strategies that will work for even the tiniest team. I love it. A good strap line. Uh, so we <laughs> have, so we've, we've realized that the benefits of outsourcing, um, you've dipped into potentially how you can find the most suitable supplier. You were talking about test project, just go a bit more into detail of, you know, how would you suggest that clients find the most suitable supplier? Yeah, start with referrals. Start with the people that you know that are in your network and have already worked with someone. Um, then you have a little bit more leeway. You know someone who has worked with them, they vouch for them. Start there. See if any of your network has a good recommendation. From there, if you don't have any recommendations, because sometimes that happens, so sometimes people just don't have someone to refer, start to do your research. Go on LinkedIn, see who's providing valuable content that you're learning from that really applies to your niche. Go on Google, see who's creating that content that really makes sense for you and your specific needs. It's the people who can show your value upfront who have those podcasts, those YouTube shows, the blogs that are teaching you how to solve your problem that can probably also execute and solve that problem for you. So I would say first referrals, second, do a little research and see who is talking about your problem. And um, then once you've identified someone, you're suggesting that you don't... Best. You yeah. Know, excuse don't the pun, but you know, don't Freedom. get straight into bed with them, but you know, do some testing first. Yes. Go on a date with them and go on a date. 
by day, I mean a smaller test project. I mean a VIP day, something where you can get an idea of what it feels like to work with them and the kind of value they can provide, what their deliverables look like, the experience of working with them beginning to end. And you'll get a good idea of what it would look like to work with them long term. But if you don't like working with them short term, you're probably not going to like working with them long term. Is there any other any hints and tips on how to pick a test project, the sort of type of test project that might be a a good thing to do? Or does it very much depend on uh, the business needs at the time or the business or or, or are there any specific any any particular things that jump out that that are are things to consider? Yeah, I would say it depends on what your projects are at the time. Cause I don't want you wasting money on a project that isn't important to you now, but something that wouldn't hurt you if it went badly. So if you're planning on doing, let's say a virtual conference, you're planning on putting on a virtual conference and you're looking for support for future events. This isn't something that I do. So I'm using that as an example. Um, you wouldn't want somebody to do a test project that's putting on a virtual conference because that's probably your lead generator for the entire year is that conference. Maybe test them out on putting together, like producing a live stream episode or test them out on something small, like a little webinar that's not heavy hitting, that isn't super important to your team. Um, Something smaller that gives you a taste of the bigger thing that you need from them. I, I, you're making me uh, reflect. I similarly, when I'm hiring um, uh, freelancers, I will do a very similar thing. I will do some test projects. So uh, an example that I had uh, only recently was um, a client that had been to a particular event. They they thought there'd be a lot of value in sharing some of the content from that event and uh, their experiences that they'd had at that event. So we put a really sort of quite, I'll use your word, tiny brief together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was quite succinct in terms of, look, this is what we learned. This is uh, this is what happened at the event. Here's some pictures um, and here's a couple of videos that we took just on an iPhone, you know, really simple stuff. Yeah. Um, what can you do with it? What should we do with it on social? Could you turn it into a social post? A you know, can you can you turn it into two or three social posts? And how would you suggest we put that out on social? And so that was a just like a really small project um, that that gave a real flavour for um, design skills, for creative flair, and as you say, just understanding how people work. Yeah. And strategic too, because they need to have some sort of like creative strategy around how to repurpose that content for something else. So you get a whole, a whole realm of information from that tiny project. And what a segue you've just given me in terms of (laughs) repurposing. Yes. Repurposing my favorite. (laughs) Because that's exactly one of the, one of the things I wanted to move on to. Uh, So, you know, in your words, 10 times in content, uh, in, in marketing words, it's, it's repurposing. What should we be doing? What are we missing out on? Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So yeah, the conference was a great example, a great conversation starter because, well, I just got off the phone with someone (laughs) about this very thing. So they have a big virtual conference. So they have tons of 
video content and um, and blogs that go along with with this conference. And what they need me to do is go through their um, go through this virtual conference and develop a plan on all of the ways we can repurpose it. And it's for a really good reason because that one virtual conference will feed your content marketing for an entire year. There's so much you could create from it. So when I'm watching all of these videos, or I do this with research reports too, or webinars, I watch it and I create an entire plan of, okay, we can create a blog from that subtopic. We can create micro videos from this, podcasts from this, social media content on this topic, this topic. Let's make this a poll. This would be a great TikTok. So I go through, develop that plan. And for something as large as a virtual conference, you can create a full year. And what it will do is it will warm people up to the following year's content. So not only are you adding value with that information, but you're also nurturing leads for next year's sign up for that conference. And I mean, a webinar will probably get you an entire quarter's worth of content. There's so many ways you can repurpose to save your time and money. And in fact, uh, one of your accolades is you uh, won best construction blog in, or sorry, you you came runner-up best con- construction blog uh, a couple of years ago in a construction marketing uh, ideas. Mm-hmm. And um, and I assume what was that? That was about you know what uh, my question is around what makes good content and having you know done well yourself in the power of blogging. What do you believe makes good content? Yeah. So great content is coming at it from a really strategic point of view. So when I create a piece of content, I come at it from how does this, can we bring in subject matter experts? Can we tell a story with this? Is there, um, what learning objective do we have for this blog that we can um, make sure that they get to in the end? So it's really about a teaching moment. And um, doing that all through the lens of SEO too. So the reason I I got runner up on that blog was because of how powerful the SEO was. We were able to increase our our SEO by seventeen hundred percent. Wow. Um, but the big takeaway from that, the reason people weren't bouncing from those pages, is that every single blog was a teaching moment. Some would say that there's too much content there's too much noise um you know all we're doing is feeding advertising uh being really cynical um are could could clients be shooting themselves in the foot if they don't do this um or or, alternative well honestly what's the alternative content marketing is marketing And if you aren't doing it, you're not giving value. You're not building trust with your audience. When people think of content marketing, they might just think of a blog or they might just think of a YouTube channel, maybe. But content marketing is everything. When I'm going through like a repurposing plan, I'm not just thinking about what blogs can we create. It's what conversations can we have in social media? How can we tweak this so it works for the different platforms? 
how can we make this into a nurture sequence and email? It feeds everything. So if you're not doing it, you're not marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, what can I say? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. And you, you're just going to, you know, in, in a way you're just going to get left behind and, and, and the reality yeah. is your you competitors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your competitors no gonna are, you. are going to overtake, uh, and 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 the standing out part is about just ensuring you give great value. Yeah, you stand out by showing up for your audience, creating value, making sure that you are where they are. So, I mean, this this is content marketing. Me being on your show, I'm adding value to your audience. Your podcast is content marketing. Anytime you're adding value, you're teaching people, you're showing up for them, you're building trust, that's content marketing. What's the best way to um, continually challenge your provider, your, you know, whoever you choose to outsource to? What's What should you really be measuring them on? What's the, what you know, uh, any tips on the sort of things that you should be focusing on? I think that when you start working with a outsourced marketing partner, have the marketing goals set up right from the beginning. So there's transparency of what you consider a success and what they consider a success and measure it every single month. So it depends on what your goals are. Is it lead generation? Is it brand awareness? Is it traffic? Whatever your personal marketing goals are, set up those measurements ahead of time and make sure you're tracking them beginning to end. So you know that the relationship is a success. If it's not, what's the point? I like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've got uh, your own on-demand webinar we were going to mention. Uh, and um, I will, in fact, I will just put a link in the comments, uh, it's on your own website, the uh, sarahnoelblock.com uh, uh, registration. Yes. Uh, sorry, forward slash registration. Uh, yes. And that's, just tell us about that webinar. That one is specifically on this topic. It's how to market when you have a small team and a small budget. So it's diving into all of the strategic ways that you can streamline your marketing and also, I have some templates that I'm providing in there in an ebook. Nice. I think we've made it really clear for listeners today. I think this is about um, the there are benefits in outsourcing. It's yeah. clear. There's Time and money. <laughs> Time and money. It's about how to find a suitable supplier by not getting into bed with them straight away and actually, you know, going on a little date, having a little test project. Yeah. I like that. Um, and repurposing and any, any final tips on uh, the repurposing aspect of things uh, in terms of um, whether it be a template or whether it be, uh, is there a, is there a particular way to, to, to consider uh, content or to think about content that, there's obvious repurposing. Any any final tips on repurposing? Yeah. So my advice is to have a core piece of content that you create regularly, whether that be once a quarter, once a month, whatever you can do. One core piece of content that can re be repurposed. And you can take it, I mean, it could be a video, a blog. It could be even social media post. Let's say you had a social media post that had great engagement, an awesome conversation. 
take that social media post and turn it into something else. You can reuse that conversation that happened on LinkedIn in your blog post, tag all of the people who are involved in that conversation, share it out, and you're bound to get extra backlinks, extra shares, because you are boosting those other influencers that had that conversation. There's a ton of benefits with repurposing. But my starting point is have a core piece of content that you can commit to. You've just described the exact tactic I did in 2009 on a social media post, and it became one of my best blogs. Look at it, that! <laughs> it, became, it became number three in Google for the particular search term. That's awesome. And from from not being even in the top 100. Uh, and uh, yeah, what a I and and you're right. It was literally a social post that got repurposed into a blog and 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 many other things since and and uh yeah it's the simple yeah. things isn't it it is it is you don't need to overthink it just see what people are attracted to and use that as your little beacon of what you should be creating listen sarah this has been great um you've made it very clear to us uh lots of value thank you very much thank you for thank listening you. thank you for watching uh thanks for joining the johnny ross fractional cmo show connect with me on linkedin if you're looking for sarah go to sarah noel, sarah noel block, block everywhere dot com or just google sarah noel block but for now thanks very much thanks sarah thank you take care everyone